in this episode, we're talking about transitioning your side gig into your full-time thing. My name is Lou Blazer. You're listening to Second Breaks. This is episode 119. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Second Breaks, a show where we talk about making smart career moves no matter if it's your second, third, or fourth act even, and thriving in a changing world of work. My guest today, Zoha Abbas, was one of the people affected by the recent layoff rounds at the company where she worked at. She was working as a senior copywriter at an advertising agency when the layoffs happened. Fortunately for Zoha, she had already been working on a side gig for three years before that. Now, though it was a bit earlier than her original plans, she took that opportunity when she got laid off to go all in and turn her side project into her full-time gig. Today, Zoha runs her business called The Ownership Method Full-Time. She is a coach. She's a business coach. She helps creative entrepreneurs take ownership of how they work on and in their businesses so that they can step into their power as CEOs. Now, I was fortunate to have had this conversation with Zoha very soon after she had made her transition. Uh, As a result, a lot of the nitty gritty, the behind the scenes things that she did were still quite fresh in her mind. So we were able to really get into those. Zoha and I talked about how she found clarity around the kind of side business that she really wanted to grow because, you know, a a lot of us, sometimes we have an idea, but we need help to make something out of that idea. And that was the case for Zoha. So she talked about that. We also talked about the first few steps that she did to get her new thing off the ground, which by the way, is uh, one of the things that she talked about is the thing that I wish that I had done and the thing that I would do differently if I could do a mulligan. And then finally, we also, or not finally, amongst other things, she also we also talked about how she managed or still manages the inevitable fears and gremlin voices that chime in when she wants to do something courageous. Now, before we get into my conversation with Zoha, I wanted to tell you a little bit first about Second Breaks, the newsletter. Now, if you're thinking, why in the world would I need another email to tell me about new episodes? Let me just tell you, this is not that. This newsletter does not do that because we don't need another email like that to clutter our inboxes, right? The Second Breaks newsletter is a curated resource to help you with your career. It is sourced from the best and the most current information found out there. Now, you and I both know that we need to stay on top of industry trends, latest thinking, and strategies to navigate this future of work. But who's got the time? We are all drowning with information and content. That's where you can rely on Second Breaks because I take the time to comb through magazines, trade journals, research studies, blogs, podcasts, etc. to find the most relevant information to help you thrive in your career. The sole aim of Second Breaks, whether it's through the newsletter or this podcast, is to get you better informed and equipped to make decisions, grab opportunities, and meet today's unique challenges. So I invite you to give Second Breaks a try. It is a free newsletter. All you have to do is sign up for it and you can cancel anytime if it's not your kind of thing. You can go to secondbreaks.com forward slash newsletter to give it a try. Okie dokie. 
let's transition to my chat with Zoha and I'll catch up with you at the back end. Zoha Abbas, welcome to Second Breaks. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So let's set up our conversation a little bit by you talking about what your full-time job is and what you consider to be your side hustle. Let's start there. Yeah, absolutely. So my full-time job was as a senior copywriter at a digital ad agency. And I just recently transitioned to doing my side hustle as my main thing. But no kidding. Yeah, it's been only about like eight weeks now, so very fresh. Um, but I've been building my business, the ownership method, on the side for the past three years. And basically the mission is I want to kill the quote-unquote hustle. Um, I help creative entrepreneurs combine their values with their business purpose to kind of power the unique structure of their business so they can have more ease and more intention and just more strategic growth. Gotcha. So this is very fresh. So I'm hitting so you fresh. right at the moment of transition. So that's yes. very good. What prompted you to start this side business or side job to, to begin with? So I was really seeing, especially in the advertising world, I saw so many creative resources just sort of getting abused and misused, a lot of breakdowns in process. And as somebody who was working on those teams, it was hard to go through and it was also hard to see it in my other coworkers. And it just sort of made me mad. I was laid off from my first ever advertising job. And I sort of started freelancing after that. So I, I kind of knew like, okay, there's a different way for me to be able to make money. It doesn't necessarily have to be working full time at an ad agency. Um, and at that time too, I thought, okay, let me try out different agencies. Maybe this thing of the broken process and the misuse of resources, maybe that thing will be different. I went from agency to agency and it was exactly the same. It was like just same movie, different scene kind of scenario. Um, so after a while, I was just angry and I was like, there's got to be a better way to do this. There's got to be a better way for me to make money. And there's also got to be a better way for organizations to use their resources. So that's kind of how the business came about. So you, you had a full-time job and then you decided that you were going to start something on the side. How did you get started? What did you actually do first? That's a great question. So first, so funny story, my whole business, my first business idea was like, I'm going to make jewelry and sell it. Ah. Um, I'm, you know, not a master jeweler by any means, but I love crafting. I love beading. I'm like a total multi-passionate creative. So I love getting into stuff, but um, that wasn't like, it wasn't a clear enough idea and that I could kind of feel it in my gut that that wasn't where I was going to end up. Did you actually do something about it or it was just something you had in mind? But yeah, I started like sketching designs. I started like 
creating a little bit of like, you know, I'll call them prototypes. <laughs> um, but I, I could sort of feel in my gut that like it wasn't the right kind of vehicle um, for what I wanted to create. So the first thing I did was to hire a business coach. And that was kind of like a, a scary moment because I had never hired a coach in that way ever before. And I think I think that's the case for a lot of people who are kind of getting started with a side hustle, like hiring somebody to help you where you have gaps is both completely terrifying and feels like a huge time commitment, financial commitment. You know, you're like, oh my God, like, where am I going to find the time and the money really to do this thing? But there is no way that I would have been able to get started without my coach. There's absolutely no way. So was the was the business coach when you at the point in time when you hired the business coach, um, you were not sure what you wanted to do? Is that was that where you were? That phase where you're in? Right? Yeah, I was in a very. I was like, I I knew that I wanted to sort of empower people. So when I hired this coach, we really went through the process, like the full kind of discovery process of what is it? Like, how do you deliver your message and what you are sort of bursting to tell the world? Like, how are you going to deliver it? And I actually sort of fought the coach label for the longest time. Um, and I came up with like every other idea under the sun of how I could do this. I was like, oh, maybe I can write a book or, you know, maybe it's just going to be an ongoing blog or it's going to be planners or it's going to be some. And finally, I had to come to my coach and I fully remember this conversation with her. And I was just like, I need to own up to this right now, it's going to be coaching and I need to accept that. So what happened then? So then she helped me figure out, okay, this is what your website needs. Well, first of all, thing number one, you need a website. Right. Because right. I didn't even have so much as, you know, a landing page at that point. So she was like, you need a website. Here's what needs to be on there. Um, she also helped me develop like my initial offering and what that was going to look like. Um, and then um, since I'm a copywriter, you know, I went through and I wrote all the copy and everything. But yes, you have an advantage over a lot of people. <laughs> it Let me tell you, it helped. But I will say there is a thing when you're writing your own copy. It helps so much to just stop and walk away from it and come back later because I think sometimes there's I think we all do this when we're writing but there's something that sounds good in your head and then you write it down you're like oh this is inspired this is genius this is my masterpiece and then you come back and it's just like a load of hooey and right. makes no sense and you know does not convey your message in any way shape or form um but it, it definitely was an advantage that I, you know, at least kind of could intuit that in the first place. Exactly. So did all of that creation, did my, you know, initial offering, and then sort of just started like emailing friends and family, kind of letting them know that I 
started this business, which was terrifying in mm. the first place. Um, and I think also as like a child of immigrants, right? Like I was also very, very scared because sometimes the immigrant mentality is very, very specific of like what a job looks like and what things can make you money. Um, and in my culture, um, my family's Pakistani, but like in our culture, it's like you can be a doctor, you can go into finance, you could be an accountant if you wanted to go crazy, you know. Um, but like being a creative and starting your own random business. And what like, are you doing? What Zola? are you doing? Right. Exactly. Um, my parents, thankfully, are amazing and super supportive. But like I was so scared to tell like my entire family and all of my friends just so that I could, you know, start getting people to get, just getting eyeballs on your stuff, you know. You know, when you were, when you had a site ready and you were ready to come out, you started emailing your friends and your family and just to kind of let them know that this is what you are doing now. And I just wanted to explore that with you because I know that is, that could be terrifying, right? To, to come out to say, I am doing this, right? And so, um, can you share what, if anything, sort of fears or voices, gremlin voices were going on in your head at that time and how you overcame those and managed to hit send anyway. Yes, yes. So I think thing number one, I don't think my gremlin voices ever quite shut up. <laughs> and I wish to God that they would. But they are constantly in my head, just like, oh, really? You think that's a good newsletter? Oh, well, why don't you hit send and see what happens? But now I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm like very, very combative with them and being like, yeah, I will hit send. I will. You want to fight me? I'll fight you. <laughs> um, but back then it was a lot of, um, I drafted the email, first of all. Um, so and what, what did the email say? Did you just say, hey, I'm doing this? Can you give us like an overview of what it said? So it was sort of, um, it was very, very informal since it was with people that, you know, already knew me well. Um, it was extremely informal, but I just, I literally think I said, hey, everyone, I started a thing. Um and I just sort of put it out there. And I was like, I have a business now. So if you know anybody who needs this, let me know. Um, or if you think it's interesting, let me know. Um, but it was literally that simple. It was completely just, hi, everyone. I started a thing. That is awesome. Because what I love about that approach, Zoha, is that sometimes we make it too... <laughs> Too Heavy. convoluted and too like in our heads. Whereas that's what it, that's all it needs to say. Hey, I started a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that also helped take some of the pressure off of me of those kind of gremlin voices. Um, because I've noticed that I do best when I just have this attitude of, let me just try it and see what happens. Um, and I don't put all that pressure on it of like, okay, I need this business to be successful because it's going to be my full-time gig and it's going to help me leave my 
soul-sucking job and I need it to replace my salary and da 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 you know, you kind of go down this track of like very, very serious things, you know, that that makes it feel like that one email is like life or death. <laughs> and, you know, the, from the amount of perspiration that I experienced, perspiration and hyperventilation that I experienced in, you know, drafting that email and hitting send, like I think in my body, my body was like, oh my God, I think there's a mountain lion somewhere. You're about to get eaten. We're going to die. Don't hit that button. Do not hit that button. But I was just like, let me just try it and see what happens, you know, because logically I know that that email is not a mountain lion and it's not going to kill me. Right. So, you know, I think in being able, as far as being able to battle the gremlins, just going back to the logic of it and getting out of your feelings, because I think I have a lot of feelings and I think they're important. I think feeling your feelings is very, very valid and very important. But I also think that sometimes your feelings are going to grab you by the hair and run. Yeah. And you have to get back into that logical place of like, let me look at the facts. What am I doing right now? Okay. I am drafting a digital communication to people who are technically obligated to still love me and talk to me afterwards, <laughs> um, regardless of whether this is crazy or not. And if I hit send, it's not going to make my laptop explode. It's not going to open some magic door in the wall and a bunch of like alligators are going to come out and eat me. Like none of that stuff is going to happen. It's not going to be as catastrophic as you think and feel it's going to be. So coming back to the logic really helps. What sort of reactions did you get? Did you get the way to go? And then I, I suppose there, there were a lot of way to go. And then there's some, what are you doing? <laughs> yes. Yeah. A, a few of them were like, wait, explain it to me more. I don't, I don't really get it. And at that point too, since it was so baby new in my head, I was like, oh, I don't know what to tell you. Explain it to me more. I'm not sure. Um, but I did get, you know, there was a lot of, some of it was complete radio silence. Yes. I just sent out the email and it went out into the void and that was the end of it. And that's totally fine. Um, and then I got a few of explain it to me further. And then I got a few of just way to go. I don't get it, but I support you, which is beautiful to me because everybody needs the cheerleaders that completely just don't get it, but they're so there for you. You know, Absolutely. you need those people. Absolutely. How about your first, your first clients? Where did they come from? You know, where did you get the first few clients? Yes. So um, my first clients actually came through my business coach um, because she was so amazing and sort of um, did, you know, her own client features on her website. So I was in one of those client features and um, I got my first client from there. I think it's the most insane feeling when you realize that somebody is willing to pay you money for what you're trying to offer them. 
even though you're probably offering it to them in exchange for money. But just knowing, you know, seeing the number come in on your little Stripe dashboard or whatever it may be um, is totally like mind blowing. And I still remember that feeling and it was wonderful. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Moving on to a slightly different topic. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, so now looking back, right? So you've just left your corporate job. You're now 100%. By the way, how, how did you come up with a decision? How did you come to the point where, you know what? Now is the time. I'm going to make the jump now. It was sort of both my decision and the company's decision because there was a round of layoffs that happened. Um, But I had already, you know, spoken to my managers several months ago and said, you know, I have this thing that I'm working on and um, I want to help you guys be set up for success before I leave. Um, And in my head, too, I wanted to be set up for my own success before I left. Um, So, um, you know, they knew that eventually in, you know, five, six months, I was going to be transitioning away from the team. Um, but there was a round of layoffs and, you know, it happens often in advertising. So I sort of got caught in one of the rounds of layoffs, which, you know, if I didn't have this sort of plan to begin with, and it happened, you know, a bit earlier than I wanted it to, um, or that I had kind of set as a timeline in my head. But, you know, if I hadn't already kind of made the decision for myself, I probably would have been a lot more distraught about it, had a lot more sort of internal battle with myself. But thankfully, I had I had pretty much already made the decision to eventually leave the job. That is a good point, too, though, because... Yes, a lot of people start a side hustle or, you know, a side job for, you know, maybe a supplemental income or to pursue a passion, that kind of stuff, or because they don't like the the, the work that they're doing, so they're exploring a different sort of career. But one of the things that's great about having a side hustle is you're basically, you're spreading the, the your basket, you're not having just all your eggs in one basket, so that when yes. something like that happens... You know, you're not, to your point, you're not completely distraught because you have another thing, right? That on the side that you could fall into. So that's actually, as we move forward with the future of work that I talk about often, uh, and, you know, there's a lot of uh, disruption that's about to come out, uh, affecting a lot of corporate workers. Having a side hustle, even if you don't technically need the money necessarily, is a good uh, a way to hedge your bets or spread your risks around, right? So that's yeah. excellent. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so now looking back now, um, and I, I love asking this question because, you know, when, when we go through these things, it's, to me, it's like a growth experience, right? And totally. so um, I was wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing one or two insights that you've gained about yourself, Having gone through the process of I had a I had a full time job and then I was focused on building a side hustle and now I am all in. Sort of what what sort of learnings or aha moments about yourself did you come up with? So um, one of the big ones was that it's less about 
time management for me and more about energy management. Um, I think this goes along with being very introverted, but I'm so passionate about the fact that like, if you're not managing your energy, you could have all the time in the world and it will not mean a thing because if, if your energy is not where you need it to be, um, and your mental health isn't where you need it to be, it can be very, very difficult to go through even the, the crazy amount of transformation and growth that building a side hustle creates for a person. First of all, you're needing to manage this full-time load at your day mm. job. And then, you know, trying to figure out all these new itty-bitty little pieces and nuance and logistics and all of that stuff that goes into building your own thing takes a lot. And then just from, like, a mental and emotional standpoint, like, <laughs> I had no idea that starting a business would make me grow this much and that it would be like this level of uncomfortable but <laughs> but I, I mean I'm glad that it is because I think it it helps me be a better human overall but you have got to kind of take care of yourself so that you can take all that growth I didn't think about this myself, but I have talked with enough people who transitioned from a corporate job to a, uh, running their own business or being a freelance. And they often talk about this personal growth that happens that would not have happened if you had stayed in a corporate job, even if you were getting promoted. I mean, there's also, yeah. there's a there's a personal growth there too, but there's a different mm -hmm, sort of sure. growth that happens when you leave corporate employment into self-employment or, you know, running yeah. business. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think too, when you're, um, and you know, it's, this is not always the case, but I think there's a certain aspect of like very guided growth when you're growing in a corporate environment, there's a very, very clear first step and a next step. And your goals are kind of defined for you. Yes. Um, and then, when you're doing your own thing, it's like, I mean, you're off the rails. Like you can go literally in any freaking direction that you want to. Yes. Um, and, you know, you have to kind of get strong in yourself and in, in being able to trust yourself in order to actually make the decisions and take the steps in the direction that you do want to go in instead of you know, just spiraling out into every direction, right? I was telling someone the other day, I discovered fears that I didn't even know I had. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, who yes. knew I was scared of this? Could you tell us one or two books that has made an impact on you and your career or your transition? Hmm, the first book would definitely be Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. Um, it, oh my gosh. I, like blew my mind. It blew my mind. And it also helped me so much with my um, building my business and my career transition, because a lot of the work that I do has to do with personal accountability and your motivations and how you follow through with things. So Four Tendencies was a big one. And then the other book that I think really relates to, you know, how we were talking about 
all these random fears that come up and your gremlin voices was The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, especially the talk about upper limits and, you know, your zone of genius. And it's funny now after having read that book, um, my husband will come home and he'll be telling me kind of about like the office things that are going on and all of that. And I will full on sit there and be like, well, you know what's happening is that guy's upper limiting. And he is totally trying to self-sabotage himself with these actions. So clearly it's not you, you know. So anyway, that it, I think everybody should read that book. It has really, really helped me with my mindset work a lot. And then lastly, Zoha, where can we find you or follow you online? Yeah, so you can find me at my website, which is just theownershipmethod.com. And you can follow me on Instagram. I'm on there constantly posting, doing stories and fun stuff. Come and say hi. And I'm just at the ownership method. Gotcha. All right. Well, Zoa, thank you so much. I so appreciate you sort of peeling behind, peeling the curtains a little bit and uh, sharing with us the behind the scenes of your career journey. Yeah, this was such a great conversation. Thank you for having me. I hope you found this episode useful for the show notes, all the links, and the transcript of my conversation with Zoha Abbas. Head on over to secondbreaks.com forward slash podcasts. And while you're there, do not forget to sign up for the Second Breaks newsletter to get curated resources to help you with your career move. Next week, my guest is Matt Baker from Freshbox, and we're talking about how to minimize the risks around your side hustle and how to manage the financial transition from a regular day job with a regular paycheck to a freelance career or a business where income is not quite that predictable. And so you don't want to miss that episode for sure. If you haven't yet, now is a good time to subscribe to the podcast via whatever app it is that you're using right now to listen to this episode. Or if you happen to be listening to this on the website, you're going to find options for podcast apps right there below the audio player. Now, a couple of other things before I let you go. Thing number one, if you like listening to this podcast and you find it useful, I would so much appreciate it if you would share it and tell your friends about it. And thing number two, if you are on Instagram, please find me. I'm at Lou Blazer there. I love making new connections and I would so much like to turn this into a two-way conversation. So do look out for me at Lou Blazer on Instagram. Okie dokie. I'll be back next week with Matt Baker. Until then, keep on making your debt, my friend. Cool beans.